At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. This is WOMMLP Burlington on 105.9 FM, The Radiator, and now begins Rocket Shop Radio Hour, and tonight we have Portraits of Sawyer with Ben and Adam. How are you two doing tonight? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, doing well. Thank you. Awesome. So we usually like to kick it off with a song, so what have you got for us? I think for starters, we're going to go back and do one of the uh, first songs that happens to be eponymous. And uh, <laughs> repeatedly, a little obnoxious, maybe it's called Portraits of Sawyer. <laughs> <clears throat> Super destroyer, portrait. 
That was Portraits of Sawyer with Portraits of Sawyer. How <laughs> fitting. I love it. So tell me about the song. Was this the start of why you ended up naming your band Portraits of Sawyer? No, it was soon after. Um, and I mean, thankfully, we haven't named an album that yet. <laughs> I guess we probably will have to. That's next, yeah. Um, we had the name, I think the chorus of that we came up with on a subway platform after making $4 <laughs> in New York one night. Covering you two. Um, it's just a good rhyme. Nearly no one's satisfaction. Although four bucks, it's not nothing. I think that's what it was, four dirty bucks. <laughs> hey, $4 is $4. It's like the Big Lebowski. Exactly. He's, robbed, he's like, take the $4. Like, exactly. Yeah, right, it's not nothing. Is there a story behind the words Portrait of Sawyer, or was it just something that kind of came to you? There are rumors out there. Everybody has a story, you know. Um, now, we were joking around one night, um, maybe not in our right minds, and it sounded right. I don't think the real answer is very satisfying, you know, probably. Although the, the portraits thing kind of has taken on a bit of a life later when you realize that potentially songs can have characters and those characters or those songs can be portraits of those characters. Which isn't like, it's not always that faithful necessarily, but like the idea of that is kind of cool. Like the album art is kind of portraits of us and like it's kind of worked its way into becoming maybe more of a satisfying name. Whereas originally we're like, this sounds nice, like cellar door or, you know, whatever, language wise. <laughs> yeah, we have ended up writing a lot of songs about actual individuals. Yeah. So I guess it works. I don't know. So you said that you used to play in New York. Um, yeah, I don't know if we can actually, you know, that sentence, maybe we can't claim well, we played the subway platform and, you know, a couple open mics. I think it still mics, counts. I think it counts. All right. Yeah, we played. Yeah. And yeah, there were, it's funny, there are a couple, <laughs> I think because it was so few and far between that are actually pretty memorable. Um, the Vox Pop show, that was good. Like, that actually was good. good. And then in the village, <laughs> we played for the sound person and no one else. So that was also memorable in a very different way. And not even her for most of the show, actually, I think, right? She, yeah, she wasn't into it, I don't <laughs> think. But uh, this, is, this is like very early days, like, you know, two, three songs, the rest is covers, and, well, four bucks on the platform. It all comes back to the, to the four bucks. That's how impressive we were. Vox Pop was a really cool coffee shop that uh, Big Heavy World probably would have gotten along with their ownership. They were very community, social justice-oriented, and... Uh, Making cool spaces, stuff like that. Yeah, safe and safe spaces too, specifically too for musicians. It, it always felt warm and I'd been there a couple of different times and it was always a nice place to play. Mm. So are you both originally from New York? What brought you to Burlington and how did you two meet and start collabing? That's, yeah, uh, I'm from Jersey. Do with that what you will. Um, I met Ben in Boston when we were in college. Mm -hmm. I'm a native Vermonter. I can uh, I can trace back seven or eight generations, so I'm almost really a Vermonter. There you go. Um, <laughs> so I grew up north of Burlington in a tiny little town. Got out of here as soon as I can, as soon as I could, and uh, moved around a little bit. Adam and I met in Boston. We were both at Northeastern at the same time for a little while, <clears throat> and then we ended up living in New York at the same time, and... Yeah, we were both in the production of The Tempest at the same time. Ben had speaking <laughs> lines. I was a freshman and had 
four lines <laughs> and wore a unitard the entire time. I didn't just have lines. I was the lead. And <laughs> it was terrible. It was awful. That's right. I was too busy being ashamed of my unitard to know what was going on. There you go. So what is what is like the difference in scenes behind, you know, playing obviously sort of like on the subway, on the street, to then having gigs in Burlington? How did that kind of all come together? Well, it came together because uh, I came back here before Adam did for grad school uh, several years ago. But then Adam moved up with his family, so being in the same place is really helpful when you're trying to be in a band together. Um, Scene-wise, I don't know. I grew up um, coming into Burlington, and I've moved back a few times, so I have a lot of personal baggage around the scene. I don't really know what it is. I know um, we've got plenty of great musicians and artists around here, but compared to another city, I don't know. What's your take on it? Yeah, I feel like, I don't know, I really like this, like what the scene feels like to me here as an older guy and a dad and like being able to play in spaces that feel just as relevant as anything felt then. But back then was, you know, being in the 20s and, and sort of bombing around and not really appreciate, not taking necessarily time to stop and appreciate what the scene was. And it's interesting too, specifically in Brooklyn, I lived there for 11 years and I do feel like even in those 11 years, this, this scene or what it felt like kind of changed even in that time. Um, so yeah, this feels welcoming and, and strong and kind of more stable, honestly, for lack of a maybe better word. Mm. You know, um, acknowledging that we've also been locked indoors for a couple of years now, but uh, I think it's pretty good. There's so many UVM and Champlain students um, for most of the year that Burlington does have some really great vitality sometimes. You, know, you can see it going by the bars. Yeah, in your bio, you had said that you were looking to have some more upcoming gigs as soon as the world is more back to normal. Mm. Yes. Do you foresee that happening here in Burlington, too, with, you know, the college scene and everything? Um, I mean, from what I see online, it's happening. People are doing it. I don't... Uh, it doesn't feel great to me yet, but hopefully it will very soon. I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's like... Right, two steps forward, one step back, but it would be pretty awesome. And I think there is that. I saw Guster not too long ago um, at the lawn at Shelburne Museum, and I think it, they said it was the first time they'd played in, like, forever. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there was, like, such an energy, and I feel like that's something that everyone hopefully will be able to sort of delight in, mm -hmm. um, is the performers and the audience alike, and just sort of really just enjoying the hell out of that, not... Um, you know, being confined. Yeah, I definitely think we've all been lacking that live music yes. connection with everyone for <laughs> sure. So it's always great to have, you know, people come in and play. Um, so yeah, how about another song? Sure. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
a new album whatever you may say was that one from the new album yes that's uh, track two mullet action yes so tell me a little bit about your new release your new album was this a covid project i know a bunch of people a bunch of artists that we've had in here really sat down and created stuff during covid others really had a hard time what was that like for you um yeah i guess you're not supposed to say it was a covid project anymore yeah. <laughs> right. Um, it was, but not for the first year of it. And then um, in January, I finally went into overdrive on the final mixes. But but this goes back way before that. We've been working on these songs, um, some of them ten years ish. Uh, most of the studio takes that were the last couple of years in Vermont, um, mostly Meadowlark. Mm -hmm. little robot dog and yeah. some home stuff but I think you Adam sent me the mullet action um, track 10 years 10 11 years ago something like that yes wow. roughly a century ago so, sometimes lyrics take me a little while <laughs> we <laughs> I had initially recorded it with a friend as a con like a comedy song and we just, it was called mullet action because it was about a guy who was selling his soul to the devil in exchange for like a top notch mullet. <laughs> Which yeah. is going to be a great video. When we can make. <laughs> yeah, right. That could be a total music video <laughs> it idea. Could. That's the thing, right? It kind of all circles back. But the song that, that we would, it was just awful. But the music <laughs> was like, oh, this is, this is dark and sort of interesting. And maybe there's something here. And yeah, Ben definitely turned it into something relevant as opposed to what me and my other friend were doing. Yeah, Which I, was fun, but... Mm. I tried not to use that title, but uh, a serious <laughs> song didn't really work. And <laughs> the file was called Mullet Action, circa like 2009 or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. 
So what is kind of the writing process between both of you? Obviously, you have to collaborate with one another. Kind of who does what? What are kind of your roles and how do you work together? Um, it's pretty variable song to song. But when we started, we were in the same space a lot. So there was a lot of organic, like... I guess this is still, for a lot of the songs, the thing is Adam has a guitar part that's really good and will offer it up for us to work on. Um, and then if we're lucky, we make something happen with it. Um, and we've, we've both written songs individually and uh, we usually find something when we're messing around in the studio. So I think, I think we have a lot of approaches that can work when we're trying to make stuff. Yeah, I think the nice thing is that, <clears throat> excuse me, it actually is sort of that organic song to song. Um, and when we were first recording all the way back in Brooklyn, um, I had, you know, garage band and like a, a microphone like placed sadly on the desk, like didn't even have a mic stand kind of situation. But the technology was like far along enough that you could sort of record something respectable. So like we would work at night on music or whatever and then I would be out and Ben would have sung vocals and I'd come back and the vocals would be there or he'd be out and I would work on something on top of that. And so like, I think that was maybe the seed of that sort of like easy back and forth nature was just sort of sharing the sad mic on the, <laughs> on the desk and kind of utilizing that. And being able to write during the mixing process, which is key. Like, I mean, doesn't you can work stuff out different ways, but that was really helpful to be there, you know, trying to put the song together and we can just change it on the spot. Mm. Um, even though roommates were watching Jeopardy <laughs> in the room next door, somehow we recorded stuff. It Indeed, worked. lots of Jeopardy. Creative yeah. background noise. Jeopardy. Yeah, <laughs> creative something. You yeah. never know. You never know what it could be. Yeah, I mean, Trebek. Yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> the king, the king among men. Um, there was also something about the ability even though the technology was so sort of infant um, to Ben's point, where we, we could like, it's the time in a studio that would cost like an obscene amount of money that you can kind of do, and it's your own space for your like 10 friends that'll listen to it when it's done or whatever, but just that initial expression. I remember saying to a roommate before I had moved in with Ben and, and our other friends, um, that literally getting GarageBand and being able to record a guitar part and then get the software keyboard going and like play a couple of notes over the guitar being like, oh my God, this is amazing. And of course now it's like totally second, like whatever, nobody generally jumps out of their socks for it. But I remember initially noticing that and uh, feeling pretty excited about it. Yeah. Yeah, thanks Adam for making it clear that we're both 75 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, but then I figured that I, I already did. <laughs> so what does the recording process look like for you now? Do you still do some of the mixing yourself, or do you really kind of just go to studios? Like you mentioned Robot Dog Studios. Um, so far we've really just used the nice studios um to get recordings and we're, we're mixing ourselves. We did farm out mastering to a guy who's really good, um, who I happen to connect with. But now it's, I guess what was, one of the nice things about COVID was, and I heard a previous guest of yours recently mention this, I thought it was insightful. Um, just the fact that it normalized remote work and it didn't make it better, like we all kind of hate it, but, uh, 
but it does seem normal now or more normal to pass files back and forth and work on stuff individually. I think we work faster if we're in the same room on a mixing console, but, um, yeah, I think also because we've been doing this since the dawn of time, there is something about, <clears throat> excuse me, the, um, the comfort passing it back and forth and actually getting into the programs and mixing it. Um, there's no, there's no like stumbling blocks to actually go through the tracks and actually add the proper fades and some reverb and the, generate the stems and all that. Like that has become second nature, I think just through a desire to make music. Um, we've gotten, I'd say pretty comfortable with that. And that even now, if we were to record, you know, a full day's work, I'd still want to put hands on it in a space that was away from that day. Mm -hmm. um, that would probably be, you know, at my desk or Ben would, you know, do it at his desk, that kind of thing. I would love to trust somebody else with the mix, but we would have to really, no. <laughs> I mean, they sort of have to be a band member, right? Or like they have to, they have to make the same choices you would, you know, one of the choice sets you would make, and that's hard to find, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think you can, right, it could work out, right, but it could be sort of a lot of push and pull and back and forth, and I guess, right, there's a touch of egomania there where it's like, no, I'm going to handle it and make it what it's supposed to be in my head, but then also, like, what else would you, what are, what are you doing, right? You're right. trying to make the music that is in your head, so. Yeah, so you'd prefer to mix in the same room together and kind of collaborate more in person rather than digitally, as you were saying? I would prefer to go in with a few ideas, have Rick Rubin tell us what to do, and then go to like mus, you know, go to the spa or Dr. Dre. Yeah, absolutely, and Dr. Dre. And Dre. There you go. Yeah, that's nice. I agree. That sounds good. That's the consensus. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. Well, how about we play your third song for the night? Sure. <clears throat>
You're not dead You just bumped your pretty head again more about your new album so whatever you may say obviously you two have been collaborating for a while now mm. is this kind of would you say been like a i mean it's been a long term in the making in a sense but how does it feel to have that finally out there and completed it feels awesome sometimes um we're still sending it out and it's a lot of office work type stuff but like catching some of the first plays on radio which thank you very much for yes. playing a couple of our songs here. Um, it's been thrilling at times, and it's nice. A couple of songs in particular, like Mullet Action, we've been tossing around some weak demo of it for so long that it's uh, that's great to just realize we don't have to work that one out anymore. Um, yeah, sort of, and like turning a page too, right? It's like because we lived together back then and then we weren't in the same state and then, you know, we'd visit now and again and play sort of here and there and then we ended up in the same state and then actually getting together again and actually playing together. I mean, there's so much sort of in there too, which is the same as anybody's music on so many different levels, right? It's like personal memories, shared memories, like all of that stuff and not necessarily letting go of any of that, but like having it exist in its moment in time, which exists as this like tangible album, um, which is funny because you have actual CDs, which you can't even get in a car anymore. Right. But like literally something that has been all of this time and all of this sort of work, and then there it is in hand. And that does feel pretty awesome. And it's hard to let go of, I find, um, tossing it back and forth that many times because maybe it could just be that much better. And it's not to please anyone but ourselves, which is sort of a luxury and also kind of a pain in the rear <laughs> at times. Yeah, on the standards note, it really is, I mean, it's basically our first album. We've, uh, you know, tried to, we did the best we could a long time ago. It wasn't, it was great for the tools we were using. The microphone was on a desk. <laughs> yeah, that's humiliating. Um, and... And, you know, even if we could make this one again right now, it would be a little better. But um, we're m it's better than the last one. I feel good about it. Yeah, We've got a real album out there, finally. And it's nice to confidently share it. You know, like there are those false starts and whatever the artistic pursuit, right? It's like this is this naked thing and people are looking at it and they can, they're going to have an opinion and potentially judge it for the better or for the worse. But, like feeling strong and, and handing it off, whereas so many things have not seen the light of day. 
So like that's a pretty nice step. Yeah. So did you have this theme and idea for the album for a while or was it something that kind of evolved as you did continue to make new demos or new renditions of the songs that you had previously written together? I feel like we've had 30 different ideas about what we were going to release. And basically what happened was we're, we're kind of always working on the next song or two that we're both into enough. And then it was like, maybe we can do a four track. And when we assembled this, we had, we got what we needed in the studio for these seven and were able to finish them. So it was kind of right. Is that right? That sounds right. And honestly too, like some were sort of finished and then it, that kind of motivated us to finish some of the other ones. And, and there's definitely like a spectrum on out of the seven like some are pretty serious and pretty heartfelt and pretty sincere. And then others have, I would say, like a, a pretty healthy like vein of comedy that runs through them. Um, but then sort of like laying them all down and, and putting them in an order that seemed to work. And also feeling like seven tracks is not necessarily wasting anyone's time. I mean, granted, if nobody, you know, it depends on if anyone likes it from the jump. But seven is not a presumptuous like here's a double album not that right. there's anything wrong with that, but there is an element of, I guess for us and the way that we approach this, seven felt like respectable, that we had gone up from five to seven, <laughs> and that, that hopefully the next one maybe we'll have eight. Not literally that, but like that school of thought. Yeah. So in the future, what does the future look like for you? Are you thinking of writing another you know, album, producing another album? I know obviously this one is still pretty new and you want to promote this one, but... Is that something that you're foreseeing in the future? Yeah, we have tons of uh, songs in progress that we're working on. And we're thinking right now about a recording session soon, if we can uh, do it logistically. But what is it? I mean, the, to play live once and if it makes sense is the next step at this point, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, to sort of sharpen sharpen those skills. Um, but yeah, I mean, at any point, though, if we could go in and, and lay down, like, two songs, that would be awesome. And then do two more a month later, which is so, kind of sort of how this one went down. Um, but yeah, there's always sort of stuff in the till, as it were. You got to get to that, that number eight. <laughs> got to get to number eight. And then maybe ten. Yeah. And then we retire. Exactly. Well, you never know. So, and then a double album. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll give them what you've been waiting for. Right. Then we are presumptuous and we insist that you listen to a double album. Yes. So in terms of gigs and events, obviously still kind of up in the air because of COVID and everything. But is there anything particular that you have in mind that you would want people to know about that they could attend, whether it's, you know, just like a live on Instagram or if it's, you know, an event in Burlington? Man, I wish we had one of those to, yeah, to talk about. Nice. We don't have anything live lined up. This, um, this. Yeah, this is happening right now. <laughs> it's literally happening right now. Um, and we do have, um, you know, an email list sign up is, is finally on the website. So if people are interested, they could sign up there and we will announce important things, you know, releases, shows, stuff like that. And we are definitely looking to perform in a sort of controlled setting with like a small crowd 
mm-hmm. and film it. Um, I'm a video editor by trade, so it's something I've sort of had in mind for a while. Ben and I have discussed it, and we definitely want to do something that sort of has an intimate feeling and potentially with some strings, that kind of thing, but like produce it in a sort of strong fashion, something you know reasonable, five five songs, that kind of thing. So it wouldn't necessarily be like an open door event, but it would sort of have that scope or that feel to it. So, nice. Yeah. yeah. So another thing that we always do here at the end is we always give you an opportunity to promote yourself. So where can we find you? Where can we find your music? How do we follow you? And plug yourself. Portraitsofsawyer.com is the official website. Um, a basic search should bring us up on stuff on Twitter. Our handle is Super Destroyer, which was the name of the first record. Um, yeah, we're on camp. Instagram. We're on Bandcamp. I like Bandcamp. Do you? Okay. I kind of do. Um, I just put everything on Bandcamp. Yeah, t- Twitter will be pretty up to date, and so will the website. And we've got Adam made some pretty cool videos too on YouTube on our YouTube channel. Yeah, they're sort of lyric, sort of lyric videos, but they're kind of at times odd and conceptual, and yeah. Gotcha. And your YouTube channel is also just Portraits of Sawyer. Yeah, the URL is like UCH seven dash five. Right. Five, you know. <laughs> Rolls right off the tongue. Yeah. But we can find <laughs> you. Yeah, band name. Works. <laughs> All right. Well, how about you play us your last song for the evening? Sure thing. This is called Roll My Number. I'm starting for the door and I This has been Portraits of Sawyer on Rocket Shop Radio Hour. Ben, Adam, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. I'm your host, Abby BK, and next week we have Tom Perro on Rocket Shop. You don't want to miss it. And good night. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs>